Welcome back to another episode of Too Many Jams. Uh, it's a show about all things 20-year-old. With help from friends, experts, <laughs> and our own personal experiences, we hope to shed some light on those things that leave our age group lost and confused. Got a very special episode today, uh, and we will definitely explain why, if you are an every week listener, um, the last few episodes both came out today. Uh, we just the the files got uploaded. The button didn't get clicked to release. We didn't. I didn't even notice till today. So two episodes will be going up um, for October seventh. And uh, today we have Nicole Decors for her own very special episode. She is a uh, freelance photographer and videographer. I've worked with her before. Uh, she used to have like a history doing like really cool stuff with artists and festivals and. And stuff like that. And I don't even... We'll get into it. Um, and then COVID happened. Then COVID hit. Well, I was going to say, I, I, I'm trying to figure out how I even uh, worked with you a few times. But we'll, we'll get into all that. Because you actually... Um, you're a pretty rad person. And we've been talking <laughs> oh, about having out. you on for a while. And you actually... Like, I was going to ask you... Because um, you actually reached out... Do you, did you, like did you knew we had a podcast? Mm -hmm. Did did you listen to it or you just heard us talk about it when we were chatting? I listened to a few. I can't remember the specific episodes, but I definitely saw a few. And I know you drank some beers in some. So then I was like, oh, I want to drink some beers with oh, these guys. Ah, uh, too bad. You know what? Here we are drinking coffee. <laughs> if, you, if you had caught us maybe eight months ago, eight months. Uh, whenever uh, we stopped having guests on, yeah. we stopped getting the beers. Oh, whatever. That's okay. You're you're like one of our. I didn't come just for the beers. <laughs> you're like one of our first. Um, like even like when you came in today, and you're like, "What's the protocol? Like, are we masks on? Like, mask off? It's uh, like we have our Lysol here for whatever you want to disinfect. But well, uh, I just wipe down the mics. Yeah, wipe down the mics. But like, it's still sketch, kind of. And yeah. we've had only our two friends on, uh, in the entire six months or seven months. Yeah, are people nervous to come? We're kind of nervous. They're kind of no, nervous. No, honestly, we, yeah. I mean, I guess everyone's a little weary, but like just we've kind of fell into like a bit of like a groove of just like doing it ourselves and not really reaching Why out as guests. much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like. But it sucks. We love guests. It was like the whole reason we, we started the show. And I like, and we've said a couple of times like, we'll just, let's just do it. Like get back to Mix more it normal. Up. So you were saying that you, this is like, You've only been interviewed once before in your life or like something like this? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I've been interviewed twice technically, but once live. So that was pre-COVID. I'd only ever had one interview. So I won this prize. Um, it was the ACD Systems Photography. They do like once a year a profile on a photographer. So you win this contest. So mine was for music photography. And you want it? I want it. Nice. Uh, Congrats. Oh, thank you. That was, <laughs> when was it? I think three years ago. Okay. It was a while ago. I was at, I was working at Shopify at the time. Um, so then part of that was I went to um, the small fishing town called Uculet, mm. which is in on, I think, Victoria Island. And um, 
or Victoria. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I was there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I went there to basically shoot a music festival, but it was mostly just to sh- have footage of me shooting a music festival. Oh, like they were filming you filming it yeah. to get a profile. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it was a profile video. So for that video, I was interviewed. Yeah. And uh, Wyatt, the amazing videographer who shot this video, it was me and my cousin went out there and he interviewed me for probably two hours in like the forest and I really rambled on. So, and it somehow became like a minute long video. I don't know how. <laughs> this will not be condensed. So your ramblings will be captured. Great. And full length. And then the other time that you were interviewed, yeah. which you were talking about before. The next time was with Ryan Shepard um, for his Shep Talks. Um, he interviewed me. <laughs> that's supposed talks. to be like TED Talks or something. I guess, yeah. Oh, I never even thought of that. But yeah, very clever, Ryan. Um, but yeah, so that was... He's a listener, by the way. He's definitely a listener. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shout out, Ryan. But it was during the first lockdown. So I think that was in May, June mm. June or May. Oh, like recently. Yeah, recently. And yeah, yeah. that was on Instagram Live. And that was... So that was the first time I was ever interviewed live so i told all my friends to come watch and they were all like oh you did so great and i was like ah. this is he's live. got a he's got a pretty Hello. big follow all the listeners this is live right now yeah he's Thanks. got he's got a pretty big following right yeah yeah so definitely. like how many people would have been tuning in to the instagram live i don't think i even checked oh, okay <laughs> i didn't check because i didn't want to psych myself out i don't think it was like, like i'm sure it would have been like a, yeah, a decent number yeah. but it's saved on his instagram so i'm sure it's been cool i, I flatter so- myself it's been viewed a ton of times but i haven't <laughs> even checked <laughs> So, so does that does that lead like I, I want to I do want to go back chronologically, and I got some other questions. But did that lead to business or just like followership, or was it just like I don't think so. Yeah, because I think most of Ryan's listeners would be other people in in the Toronto industry who would probably hopefully already know me. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was more Ryan's cool. It's nice to talk yeah. to him. Like we're friends. No, I was just curious. Um, but yeah, no. If, if anything, I did it to try to see. You know how I could not ramble and have a cohesive interview, but yeah. it was yeah, it was pretty fun. It's yeah, that's that's one thing that I've tried to like, or just been doing this. I'm doing this the last couple of years. It's like one thing I've like tried to focus on is, and I think it's helped just having like an outlet that you can speak openly and like have these kind of dialogues on camera or on microphone. Mm-hmm. Definitely helps. Well, I think it helps your nerves too if you do it regularly. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And like we have, uh, I mean, we have guests that come on, and they're always like concerned about like how things come across or like oh. how they sound or whatever. I'm like, honestly, don't worry, don't worry about it. It's so weird for some reason when you record it in a setting like this, mm-hmm. it always like comes across right and good and entertaining. Even if you like, you sit here and you're like, was that interesting? You think people will like Are it? People intrigued. It's it's something about the format where you're just like third party listening to a conversation that makes it entertaining even if it's like a like to us we're like i don't know did that go it's just it's it's a different uh and then you're like worried like did i say something that sounds stupid but because it's so long form they they already have such a total picture of you that it's not like a sound bite or like uh so i say stupid shit all the time i get worried and through editing it i've realized i'm like oh that didn't sound bad and now i'm it's like it's not as bad as i think now yeah. i just say shit and you i don't speak really your mind yeah uh, but let's get into, let's get into, uh, sorry, I'm just speaking here. Oh, let me, let me get into your photography and, and all that stuff because I was just thinking back, 
how actually we did get connected. So I have, um, I know I've always been like a fan of your photos. I, I remember Thank like you. early days, however we got connected, I was like, this is sick. This was like when you also didn't have, you didn't have a lot of followers. And I remember being like, this is so dope. I was like, why? I was like, why aren't you like? I think you messaged me once. You're like, I don't know why you don't have more followers. I'm like, I don't know either. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like, all this is so cool. Uh, and I even have, I still have in my room up there uh, a photo I got from your gallery. Oh, yeah. Way back. But uh, I was trying to think. I know that we have done a couple things for the businesses like Wrist and Rye. Yeah. And you also did something for my more current endeavor, Landia. Mm-hmm. And then did we do something way prior? Like, how do we, like, do you remember? I think Wrist and Rye was our first thing. And were you just at Western and we were looking for a photographer? I don't even know if we worked together till after Western, but we, like, I knew you and I think you knew me at Western. Yeah. Because I remember Wrist and Rye at Western and being like, oh, this is cool. And like everyone yeah. had Wrist and Rye bracelets. But um, I don't think we actually worked together till after after Western. Okay. It was just like respect. It was like, hey, nice photo. We knew each other. And then I think... I don't know if I messaged you or it could have been it could have been because I think I just I can't because I think you had cool content even before we worked together so then I think I was like oh this might be cool to because we'd done some stuff with like Max Awacha yeah and the cool guys and we you also know just... all them so that's probably why yeah yeah and, and you're in that scene but yeah like so your 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 photography is good like really good and I I hyped you up back up. then but I, uh, part of this podcast is kind of figuring out how people kind of make their lives or like pick their careers and something that we struggle with and stuff. Uh, for you, pre-Western, mm-hmm. like growing up middle school, kind of like high school, how do you even like, where does that start? Like were you- We're going back. Yeah, like what, like just like middle school, like- it's it's not like you were like always into photos or art or maybe you were like what what like how do you kind of get down that career path or life path? It's it's really funny. It's a this is a good story actually. So um, for me, I actually had I did some photography. I think in grade eleven or twelve. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I ever did any photography. But actually, I I didn't end up doing photography at all to again till I was nineteen. Like it didn't really like it was cool, but it didn't. I didn't become a photographer after after that. Um, it was actually really cool. I did like darkroom stuff in high school, but I don't even remember it now. Like as part of a high school thing. Yeah, I, yeah. We had used a high to be a thing course yeah. in uh, in high school. You we did it. I, I'm pretty sure our darkroom used to be like the girls' change room or something in our gym. That's, but then that's now it, was, it didn't dark. have any windows, so then it became our darkroom. I don't know, but. Uh, but yeah, I, w- I actually wish I remember that because now I'm interested in that. But at the time, I was like, ah, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. But, but were you like no were you like an artsy kid? Like, did you have other artsy things going on? Or were you just like literally just normal? And then just like... So normal. So no. Um, I wouldn't say... I was pretty artsy. So I'm trying to think where to start from. But I wanted initially... The first thing I wanted to do... I do did a lot of fashion illustration, actually. Okay. When I was in grade nine, actually, I almost went like pre that I always drew. And then I think I almost went, I was almost going to switch to an arts middle school, I think in grade six, but I never did. Where'd you grow up, by the way? 
I I went to Lauren Park, so okay. I grew up in Mississauga, gotcha. Clarkson area, yeah. LPSS, um, Shout out. and I went to Hillcrest before that. Oh yeah. Um, but I almost switched to I think Cothra's the arts I got middle you. school. I don't. remember. I mean, I know the road. Pretty legendary exit <laughs> on the QEW Cothra. Cothra. Shout out. Yeah. Where lives studio exactly you take to get there oh yeah oh, that's where i'd go. get out yeah. to visit my cousins <laughs> you know yeah. um but actually it's funny because i was just talking to my mom about this she's like i wonder where you'd be if we switched you i'm like maybe i would have been artsy you'd sooner. be a lesbian in new york designing dress d- designing high fashion couchware. i mean i'm not gonna lie that sounds pretty sick it does sound sick doesn't it i can't hate on that that sounds <laughs> that sounds like a pretty cool life but uh anyway uh so I was into fashion illustration. I remember I drew a lot of that stuff in grade nine. I remember in French class, I would always draw dresses instead of learning French. Um, But then I actually did a fashion illustration, like after school extracurricular thing. I did a lot of like community center type stuff. And then once I was in there, like these kids, they all could sew, they were like making stuff. And I realized, I don't think Mm. that's, that's really my interest. Um, and then, so when I was in high school going into grade 11, I was really set on being a marine biologist. Actually, <laughs> I thought it was, I, I don't know. I envisioned myself. I'm, I feel like everyone at some point in their life wants to be a marine biologist. Cause they just want to swim with dolphins and like live by the ocean. Did you have that? Did you have that moment? I never had that moment, but, <laughs> but I ran into, I ran into a buddy recently over the summer and, uh, it was, it was up at, uh, remember, we're up at Sean's playing that show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's a marine biologist. Scotty. He was a marine uh, diver. Or he's, he's, he was like a diver or whatever. And I, I got like really fascinated asking him uh, like tons of questions um, just because he like swims with sharks and he's like one of those like shark enthusiast type guys now. And he talks about like, and like diving and everything. Have I, that exciting of a, they don't, I don't think they're always that exciting. Yeah. yeah it's probably a little more um, research focused in in a way than what, I'm sure probably a what lot he was doing different. but like similar type field you're around the that kind of setting mm-hmm. so anyways a bit of a yeah. swerve though from fashion yeah well i mean you I still don't do dresses I don't know for when that happened. penguins <laughs> i'll dress penguins um i don't know how yeah i don't really remember that that pivot but then so i really wanted to be a marine biologist but i was also at the same time interested in say like journalism and things like that. Cause I was really good at English, but I was the reason I wanted to be a marine biologist is just because I was very interested in the environment in general. And I guess that sounded cool, but anyway, that all changed. Um, Cause when I was in the summer after grade 11, going into grade 12, I was already booked in for like chemistry, all the maths, like calculus and all that. We were good to go. But then the summer before grade eleven, before grade twelve, I went to Costa Rica for a month. Ah, uh, Costa Rica. Yeah. We just talked about this in the last episode. Oh, really? Did we? Yeah, I remember. I was like, "What could we do with two grand a month, working remotely?" Oh, go to an island. Yes. That, is it an island? Costa Rica. Well, or I mean, I'm just I meant, go to I meant, a, a go tropical. To, go to a tropical. I don't think Costa Rica place. is an yeah. island. I think it has That's islands. He also say. didn't know where Egypt was last episode. We're gonna let. Like, I'm not a geography guy at all. It's in Africa. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was in the Middle East. It's pretty close. It's on the Mediterranean. Right it. I just, I just thought it was not a geography guy, but yeah, I'm not I, a. I'm just saying. I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I think I roughly know where most things are. I don't. As, as Bill and I would say, 
Now you know. <laughs> and yeah, now we is, know. Yeah. Knowledge is power. power. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, continue. But yeah, so I went on one of those um, those trips you take. In, you can take for, yeah, like a Blythe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was, I don't think it was Blythe, but it was it was something like that. So I did my grade 12 English credit. It was really easy. We read To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. which you, you do in like grade 10. But um, anyway, I barely remember the school part, but Costa Rica was sick. But for me, so we spent most of the trip like we spent like the first two weeks on like the beach or whatever beach area. But then one week of the trip, we went up to Monteverde, which is where the cloud forest is. So I think it's could be a wonder. It's not. A, I don't know if it is a wonder of the world, but should be. It's pretty cool. So I guess it's so high the altitude that this rainforest is like a cold rainforest. It's fed by like the clouds. It's really cool. So when we were walking through the rainforest, I was kind of walking at the back with our guide and I'm talking to her like, oh, you know, what can people do to help the rainforest? Like as a, you know, your odd single person, what what can make the most impact? So she was like, you know, it's great. People want to do be scientists, you know, learn about like the environment and all that. But she said, you know, for a lot of people, they spend their whole career researching like one element of like our whole planet, like one ecosystem or whatever. She's like, and we don't really have time for that. Like, she's like, we need more people, environmental lawyers, journalists, all those things, like getting mm. the message out there. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me because I was like, you know, obviously I was also, I think, more interested in in English and like communication and stuff versus interesting. Yeah. I was also not the best. Like I was OK at science, but I was not the best. Um, and I didn't think I was that committed. And then on the same trip, we went uh, swimming in the ocean and I got stung by a jellyfish. And you're like, yo, fuck this ocean. So, so Dump between- the plastic <laughs> in this. <laughs> don't, this do, the- don't do that. <laughs> but but between that, I was like, okay, the ocean's scary. And like, That's maybe I just want to be a journalist or something. So It scared uh, you from the marine biologist it, 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 dream. It skewed my, my vision for the future. Okay. Yeah. So then when I went back for grade 12, I dropped all my science stuff. Nice. I had a lot of spares. One tour great. guide in Costa Rica just fucked your shit right up. Hey, who knows? Maybe I'd be living in like Nova Scotia, like studying trout. Like who knows? <laughs> who knows where I'd be? Uh, <laughs> so many different paths. So many, Yeah, that's definitely one of them. Um, okay, so... This, uh, the swerve to journalism and stuff still pretty eco driven though. At, at the time it was, yeah, pretty, pretty eco driven. I don't know if I had a firm were you ever, like, idea it, then, but it was, it's all like career. Like, were you, were you always like someone who was like, think about like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to do? I don't know if I had a firm idea of the exact role I wanted to do, but I, I, I had a pretty good vision of kind of the vibe for the future but not not necessarily the exact role um because even for me like journalism after grade 12 like I applied to a few places and for instance like I got into the Carleton journalism program which is very um writing based Mm -hmm. and then I got into so what I I ended up going to Western obviously MIT Um, I was in the MTP program so Mm -hmm. that was uh, the MIT, paper. and then it was television broadcasting at Fanshawe. Okay. 
So then, like, I think. Wait, it, did you guys know each other at Western? We just talked about it we, towards the end of Western. Similar we circles. We knew of each we other. Knew of yeah, each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but we didn't really actually work together or anything till after Western. Um, but yeah. So then, I I don't know if I was interested in journalism so much as news in general. Like, I think I was also really into the Olympics. So I was like, oh, if I worked at ctv news or something i what a go weird shoot the olympics mixture of of interests i was really into figure skating so i was like oh that'd be cool to go shoot like figure skating really, at eh? the olympics i'd still like to do that but we'd have to see the path to do that i don't really do any sports photography but maybe i could um it's funny you haven't even mentioned like music yet oh i i didn't know anything about music till basically i, I right before i got in the industry okay do, can i ask you something uh, do you have to be like that knowledgeable in whatever your photograph like uh photographizing yeah photographizing uh photographing like you said you know nothing about sports does that really play into like photographers in how they they capture moments in a way I think for instance if you're doing like documenting events and stuff it yeah. is helpful to know a bit about what what's happening to know key moments to yeah. capture. Yeah, but I don't think you necessarily need to know. If actually, I think I heard once actually that for the Olympics, they put people on sports they're not interested in, so they don't get um, like fanned up. They don't, yeah, they don't lose focus and like watch. Yeah. As, as opposed to to focusing on shooting it. Wow. Yeah, then I'd be an amazing Olympic photographer. <laughs> yeah, because well. I because I, I just feel like I mean you made that comment, but I feel like you're just you're a great photographer that like you know. I, I would think it's like universal, like your skills would be universal to whatever you're shooting. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to have either a huge knowledge or necessarily interest in what you're shooting. I mean, yeah. if you're shooting something that doesn't interest you for a long period of time, you might not be That's happy. That's no fun either, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I think if, like for instance, I think I could do sports photography because I'm used to already a quick pace type of photography with events. Mm -hmm. yeah, not, I've seen you hopping around. Yeah. <laughs> you get going up there i try to keep moving hmm. get my exercise yeah it's a it's a it looks athletic Con like concerts move pretty quickly so i think if it's something similar to that i mean sports they're running all over the place it's pro it's even more fast-paced but yeah i i could see i could see it being an exciting thing to photograph even if i'm not necessarily the most sporty yeah, sports interested person I think it would still be exciting to photograph because it's like oh that split second moment and you captured it like that's that's exciting to me I got you and so you're you you're at Western you your interests are shifting you're like oh you know write about it but also like Olympics really visual maybe shoot some stuff yeah I think I was interested in like television mm -hmm. news and then television in general and then yeah when I was in my program I was still moving in that direction. Like I wanted to work in news at Fanshawe. It was very like we would switch, say like we would do live productions. My first thing I was actually, I was interested in maybe being a like director of live television because it seemed very exciting. Again, like fast paced. I mean, I probably have a heart attack if I did that because it's, it looks very stressful, but um, yeah. So I was pretty set on that throughout, throughout university um, slash college. Cause I, went to both at the same time but um and then i picked up photography not a big deal <laughs> <laughs> i picked up photography because so i i only got into the practical side of the program in second year 
because that's when MTP starts. MTP doesn't actually exist anymore. I think I was like the third to last graduating class. Um, But then I picked up, because I bought a camera, I bought a Canon Rebel T5i, um, which at the time I thought was crazy expensive. It was like a thousand bucks for the camera and like a kit lens and like a little tripod. So I bought that for school. And then I was like, oh, I got to make the most of this, you know, get my money's worth, whatever. And then I just, because I had dated someone in first year who was older and then we had broken up. But I, so I saw, I was friends on Facebook with a lot of older people because at the time I was I'm not. Are we talking a father figure? Like like 40 or are you talking no, like Oh my 20? God, no. He, I was like 18. I think he was like 24, 25. Okay. Um, I don't remember. But uh, you were saying older. I was, I was like, I was oh like God, picturing no. like a like a <laughs> someone up there. No, but I mean, like I was staying in residence, and most of my friends were underage. Mm. But then now I had become Facebook friends with a lot of people who were of age. So I'd seen people on Facebook at the in bars. bar photos yeah, yeah, yeah. in bar photos. So I, when I got into second year and I had this camera, I was like, you know, that might be a fun thing to do, like go take pictures at the bar. Uh, make friends whatever drink some beers looks it looked fun it seems that drinking beers is something that is a factor in you doing wanted to do stuff you know become this podcast i saw <laughs> drinking <laughs> beers like this job looks good drinking a couple beers not a good look for me <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not i'm to, a connoisseur not, i love i love beers not to totally expose you and, and i feel really bad i sound like that that supreme justice guy you've you we loved beers we drank beers yeah no, you, we've outed you on your beers, him. but you've also outed us on our lack of collecting the beers, and we got to get beers again. Yeah, like we, what the fuck are we doing? Get some beers. Just kind of let that one slide. You'd like these beers anyway. Anyway, I just think it's not so much that, but just I'm you know, yo- socializing. I'm with, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, anyway, I got you. I'm not Brett Kavanaugh, God forbid. Um, anyway, but yes, yeah, so I just thought it would be fun. Um. So I messaged a bunch of promoters at the time of, mm-hmm. so basically I just looked at all these bar photos and I saw they all had their little watermarks. So I messaged all of them and then only one actually responded, which was CDN entertainment. And I remember the day I remember, cause I don't know how I found this out, but the only reason they had emailed me, I didn't have any portfolio of any kind. Yeah, I, I barely say. ever, I'd never barely touched this camera. Um, the only reason they messaged me, I think I found out, I don't know if I found out after the fact, but because I guess the, the night before or something, their photographer had been like, had his stuff stolen. Mm. Like he'd been mugged. Um, Window broken. No, like oh. I think walking on the street home Damn. from work or something. Um, do be like, so, that. so they were in a tough spot because I think the bar paid them with the expectation that yeah. you're going to provide all this stuff. So they really needed someone. So uh, I remember too, I had an exam that day and a friend of mine who knew more about photography is like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to shoot this? I'm like, I figure I'll just use the camera, like pop up flash, all that. He's like, you don't have an external flash. Like you're going to need that. I'm like, well, I'm in this exam till 9 p.m. So I can't really pick one up. <laughs> so we're just going to do the pop up flash and see how this goes. Um, well, because you know, even like a, Canon, and Reb- like shooting Canon on, Rebel was on auto. It was definitely on auto. It was, yeah. it was for sure auto. <laughs> um, and my lens too. Like I don't even remember. I think it was dash fifty five. The stock lens that I got with my Canon. Yeah, T7i. that sounds about right. And yeah. it was a crop sensor lens, so it was de- like it was a crop sensor camera. So it was definitely 
even tighter than what you'd visualize okay. as an 18. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it was pretty tight. <laughs> pretty tight. Do, uh, <laughs> just to interrupt your story quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, what kind of phone do you have? I have a, do you have an iPhone? iPhone eight. Same. And on, when you're shooting photos on your phone, do you, do you take a lot of photos on your phone? Pretty rarely. Rarely? Yeah. I'm just curious as someone who's a photographer, do you use the settings available to you on on the iPhone, like in terms of like brightness and contrast? Like the photos, like if you go to your photo and you like edit. A no, photo. no, when no. When you're actually it, shooting, you can, you can, or do you use just like the auto shoot? Like I'm, I'm just curious if people use like, like because they just uh, even upgraded with like the new operating system. They have like more, settings? like more easy access to settings and stuff uh, for shooting capabilities. And I'm just curious if like photographers uh actually use this stuff when they're you know um to be honest i don't even know if my phone has those capabilities I don't think so. okay fair yeah. fair uh, I, this is to news to me but i could i mean i could imagine if i did more phone photography i would do that but i would probably just reach for my camera I, but yeah. i'm sure some people do it like yeah new, new iphones are take really good pictures so while we're on a bit of a tangent too i'm going to use this opportunity to ask um a question about like your kind of decision making when you when you're sitting or two things when you're like saying oh i thought this and i thought that about this job or this mm-hmm. career are you the type of person that does a lot of thinking about this stuff like what's next what am i doing and like what's the right move or are you someone that kind of just sees something cool and just like oh, I could, oh let me just go for that and part two is like the fact that you just reached out to a bunch of them, this is a common thing I've seen, at least for people that are self-employed or freelance, mm-hmm. that they seem to have this like natural um, ability where they're just like, so I wanted to do this thing, so I just reached out to everyone in the thing. Yeah. And then one person, exactly like you said, and then one opportunity popped up, which is an opportunity that only would have happened if you reached out to everybody. And oh, 100%. So- like those types of characteristics, I wanted to know about your decision making and uh, like that first part. And the second part is like, have you always just been like, that's what you do. And you're just like naturally like not afraid to just be like, what's up? I want a job. I can do it. It was good. Um, I almost, I think it's funny cause I feel like I've had those moments, but then I find they're like, they're months apart. So mm. say I'll like think and think and think. And then there's a brief period where I'm like, okay, like, let's just do some stuff and I'll like do a bunch of outreach or whatever. Um, Interesting. I think, especially at the time, I feel like you have this confidence because I like, I didn't know anything about photography. So I think there was even more confidence that I was like, it can't be that, that hard, whatever. And yeah, I think, I, I mean, maybe I don't think that because I've always been that way, but I guess I'm, I'm pretty down to reach out to people i'm I, I feel like i don't really haven't really overthought the direction things have gone for me i just i feel like it kind of happened we do the same thing except all we get are just like maybe we're not capitalizing on these meetings well enough but we meet tons of people in the music industry mm-hmm. and reach out and have these meetings and then it just ends up being like oh you like music i like music too let's I can talk about this. No opportunities actually have arisen from it. We don't reach out for stuff like that, for like opportunities. Mm -hmm. We like, it's, it's actually a major thing that we struggle with is, um, that exact thing. Like there's a group of people that have opportunities that we're interested in 
And then instead we'll sit and think, well, how do we make ourselves attractive for that? Yeah. How do we do all the things to make ourselves attractive for that? What's the right next move? What's the right next move? Are we ready to reach out? And it can literally cripple you. It stops you. For in, in you any business we're it, in. Yeah. In every business, every business I've had up to this point, including Wrist and Rye, I hit a point where that mental block stopped it from reaching a next level or mm-hmm. it stopped opportunities from coming in. And only recently in COVID, when I out of all the time in the world and no excuses, did I realize that I actually just am bad at that. And it's just a primal fear of mine. I think like I've been good at it in the past and I don't know. It's it's definitely one of those things like I, I don't want to be obnoxious and be like, hey, hire me. Let me shoot this. But then at the same time, you got to ask the brief moments where I have kind of slipped that in. Like only good has come from that. Like the worst, like honestly, in my opinion, I think most people are, are happy to help other people, especially if you ask, if you ask for things, I think, yeah, I think it's definitely the thing. Like most, there's tons of people who are skilled and capable, but I think only a few of them kind of get over that imposter syndrome or that, or that fear to reach out and fear of rejection. Because um, even on a small scale, you didn't have a resume. You didn't even know what you're doing. You just said that would be cool. Yeah. Whereas like I would be like, I want to do that. So maybe I should learn the camera, make a watermark, like make a portfolio. Like I don't even, and I would do all that work really well. Yeah. And then I'd probably never reach out or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really know. Like I feel like I just have these times and like I definitely go through these periods where I don't reach out. I'm like you. I overthink. Like, oh, mm-hmm. am I good enough? I need to up, update my skills or update other things to move along. And like, I think so you sound balanced. Is what it sounds like. <laughs> I I try to stay balanced. Some people are super reachy outy, and not a lot of the other thing. And yeah. they're like, just wow, I can do anything. Like, what's up? Hire me. What's up? And they still get yeah. further than people that don't reach out. Period. I definitely think that's a big factor for a lot of people who are really talented is, is the fear of reaching out the fear of maybe rejection. Um, and definitely or just I, annoying people. I've, and like, yeah, I just, I just don't want to be one of those people that is like, Hey, I'm, I'm sick. Like hire me. I know it feels like I weird. think it's hard for sure. I think, I think it was very easy for me at the beginning because I had nothing to lose. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, if they don't email me back. It's not, a, me? it's not a big deal. I don't even work for you. Yeah, like I think as things go, I find it maybe more of a challenge yeah, because right. I'm maybe reaching for, you know, higher caliber opportunities. And you have a reputation, and yeah. yeah. So I I think it's maybe something I struggle with more than I did at the beginning. Interesting, but uh, but at the same time, it's definitely something you have to do if you want to keep moving ahead in your in your career and not staying in one spot, especially if you're freelancing yeah like there's not here's this next position you apply for or you ask for for a promotion or something i mean definitely you got you got a career you got to make moves to ask for that next level how do i get to the next level and you got to kind of still be that person but yeah i think especially within a company if you want to move up if you want to if you want to stand out it's a universal thing anyway i I, that i recognize when we have people on we haven't had guests on it so long um so I'm i'm just enjoying myself uh, but it's a universal thing that mm-hmm. I notice from the people that tend to be more on the doer side, mm. um, freelance side, especially is that they have this, they always say at some point in their story, 
I didn't really know, but I reached out to a bunch of people and X yeah. happened. I didn't really know, but I did this like outreach and something happened. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. I, I, we'll, we'll keep on the story because... Uh, yeah, I want to know how the first shoot went. Yeah, I want to know how the first shoot went. Um, well, final thing to say on, on that other point of... And then I'll go back to the yeah, story. Yeah, cool. But on that point of... Like to me, I feel like you only really grow. For me, I find I get the most most growth when I work with a client that wants something that I've never done before. And like, I know that I can do it, but it's just a matter of me maybe, like of course I'll say, yes, I can do this. And like, I know I can do it for them, but I, you know, it's a matter of learning. Yeah, so I 100%. think I think definitely that also helps you grow if you work with other people and reach out and all that. Anyway. 100%. But back to to my first shoot ever. Um, so that was for that was at Jack's nice. for their dollar Legendary. beers, dollar beer Wednesdays. And so, yeah, that was with CDN Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So that was with Oliver Shanks. Um, Sick name. He, he, cool guy. And uh, okay. so he hired me. He was like, oh, it's a trial night or whatever. Come come shoot. Have some. Some beers. Beers. Some beers. So was it was it pro bono work? It was pro bono for that first day to see how it went. Um and then I mean, it was a long time ago. I don't really remember. I mean the photos are definitely probably somewhere on the internet still. I should look them up. But uh they were not good. Yeah. They were not good at all. Um, but it went well. I guess like we we all got along. Good enough. You know, I think I think a lot of that stuff is more so I mean, you have to be a good photographer, but I think somewhere like a university town, it's also like, are you personable? Can you kind of get along with people and get them to take those fun photos? 100%. I think that, that's a big part of it. That that was one of the questions that just popped into my head is uh, being the photographer at, at nightlife events, mm-hmm. you got to be willing to approach, cold yeah. approach and be like, hey, like, excuse me, like, can you like get together for this? Like how, like, was that, that come naturally for you? Like, no. No, no. Was, I'm, it, was I'm, it sort of uncomfortable? Like, have you had any bad experiences where people get in your face about like, I don't know, or confrontational about it or any way? I mean, never anything too awful. I mean, when I was working, so from that point on, I I worked in the bars in London, various various bars till I graduated. So almost three years. Um, and yeah, in that time, I mean, definitely I took people's pictures and they were like delete that or like i went to go take someone's a lot of the times too like i would approach with a camera and like say people didn't want their photo taken i've had people like run away from me yeah or like scream but and, like run away opposite. people like photograph this yeah. yes I, I feel like at the height it's, yeah like like there there is there was sort of a peak of bar, uh, getting your photo taken getting your bar. photos taken in a bar and people were just all over it like they were yeah. waiting for them to like show up the next day on the facebook page so was yeah. like oh like get a picture of us yeah. like do this do that right and you're just trying to like build like a bit of a and then later uni i was like no fucking way. yeah yeah exactly i definitely i definitely saw that that shift especially when yeah because i started in second year and that was would have been 2014 um, and at the time too, what I think Facebook was Facebook is peaking. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook was big. That's what these photos were for. And I mean, also at the time too, for me reaching out, I don't think there was a lot of people doing that kind of photography in London. Yeah, true. At the time. So I think that also helped. Like now I think there's a lot more people because obviously there's 
even more like Instagram and stuff. Like at the time, Instagram was pretty new, not new, but mm. newish. Wasn't it the same as Facebook at the yeah, time? Yeah, people were like just transferring still over pictures of their f- their food from blackberries and stuff. Yeah, it was still the people weren't new. putting pictures of themselves on Instagram yet. They were like, like, like yeah. sun- sunset. Look yeah, at my dinner. Here's yeah. my dog. Yeah, it wasn't so much selfies. Now it's like, look at like my that. abs, bitch. Look at my look at my car. I'm rich. Like it's like such a different. It's not like a, a photographer's like expose of their art. It's like at uh, the beginning of Instagram. Could you post photos on your time, like from your phone, or do you always have to take the photo to post? Oh, I think, I think you could always upload. You could always upload. But yeah. the idea of Instagram was like a photography showcase. Your, yeah. Your creative image. Now Instagram is one hundred percent a self reflection, like a self profile, and then only like uh, business pages for photographers. Like they'll mm. still have their personal, and then they'll have like their business. Which yeah. Like, that's my art, and that's my- also also Instagram is like a credit check for dating apps yeah for real oh yeah like are you a real human yeah are you real like it's cra- what? anyway it's crazy that happened in the last like that's that 2014 hasn't even, i've seen that change even like throughout like i i think i had instagram like i barely used instagram i think till after i graduated university so that like 2016 like i barely touched instagram till i think 2017 I started thinking like, oh, I should probably put like some of my photography on that's here. Why you, that's why you didn't have the. I didn't. I didn't hit the Instagram boom. You didn't hit that yeah. boom. I didn't hit that pre-algorithm jump. So that's okay. So uh, I so don't you, think that's you, a big factor. You're taking you're taking photos in bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, what what like where did you transition next? Like was music next or like where? Yeah, where'd you where'd you get that like? Yeah, you left how, how does the photography? I was, yeah, so the first year I was working <laughs> in bars, definitely I I grew a lot because from never having picked up a camera to shooting like four days a week, definitely. It was You're doing it that I, often, eh? It was four nights a week initially, yeah. Wow. So I was pretty busy. That's a lot of beers. And like decent money? A lot of beers. Um, It was pretty good money. It was pretty good money. Yeah, I don't think money. it's the same now. I was happy. I was very happy with my compensation. Yeah. Um, plus, when I worked at Seeps, I think they gave me like a $60 tab. Nice. A lot of beers. So, <laughs> a lot of beers, especially in London. Um, I don't know. It was really it was really fun because for me to, like, I was that age. I, all my friends would come. Like, I made a lot of friends, especially because I had all those free beers. So mm. I would just give people drinks. Did you ever have a night where you, you got too drunk and then, like, the photos ended up being shitty or like things didn't work out because like 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 we had we had one of those moments like playing at bar like at a bar yeah, sometimes we push the limits when we, we, play we, music. we push the limits a little bit like you had one of those i definitely had some of those nights because also like i was in university so basically i i didn't really go out like i went out for work um i don't know where all that money went but like Beers. you know <laughs> up the nose I didn't, I didn't really no 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 <laughs> i'm kidding um wait. Strippers, <laughs> was, that, was it was that a bad joke i was always going to what's the strip club in london solid gold solid beef baron beef um, baron there's, there's others beef baron, beef baron solid Tuesday golds night. um no those were like the two uh two hot spots usually when people say i don't know where my money went in college they're referring to up the nose so that is a very relevant comment yeah but uh yeah anyway well yeah because i didn't really buy alcohol because I was getting free alcohol at work and and free drugs. and like no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. no drugs <laughs> no drugs um but yeah no uh maybe that's where I acquired my taste for buying nice groceries and 
Oh, buying, you were shopping in the Loblaws health food section. Yeah, I, mm. maybe, I guess. Um, but anyway, so I definitely had some of those those nights. But the photos were, if anything, they were they were better. Okay. I mean, I never got like I never threw never up or anything. Like it yeah. never it never was at that point. But I definitely had had my share of fun evenings. I would when I was working at Seeps. Like I would get up on like they had like tables around and I would like shout at people and be like take a picture and I would take pictures of, like the crowd and like it was definitely a good time and if I got a little drunk sometimes the photos were more immersive I was mm. more like yeah put your hands up yeah like you know so I got dude, I, it, we, it definitely helped with the uh, you know I interacting you. with people I feel you on that yeah we we, we get you but I found when I moved to Toronto definitely taking photos of people at bars in toronto yeah some people love it but a lot of people also yeah i can see it. people being more standoffish they're, yeah they're just cheating on their girlfriends are those people dun, dun, dun. one, one time like, i took a photograph i took a photo of a girl once in in university and then her friends came she was making out with some guy and uh her friends were like hey delete that because yeah that's not her boyfriend and uh, I was like, uh-oh. wow and i did i did delete nice I, i'm not gonna i remember getting sewered on a bunch of photos of be ones with me just like black and i'd be like ah. <laughs> and it just pop up the next day and then like people would start liking it yeah, just like yeah yeah you get the boost it up in the feed and i'm like fuck one time i went to a pre uh and some people had blown up some photos that i had taken and i was like wait what and they were like oh these are like i didn't even really know them but mm-hmm. i recognize obviously my own photos and i guess because they just looked really ridiculous. you just captured some people like in the heat of it <laughs> i captured some moments i guess um so so wait continue on sorry continue on about how you transitioned yeah from this so uh, so yeah it was all bar stuff and then i got into the kaza fashion show at western yeah. um so then i think that was for me where i first started doing more creative type photography events can be creative but mm-hmm. more creative photography um because i shot their lookbook for i think when i was in fourth year oh yeah um so that was really cool and then also when i was in fourth year i got hired to shoot westerns o week yeah which was a very different event for me than than obviously a bar it was like a big outdoor event essentially you know it's it's a big crowd so i would say similar to a music festival feel like it's a big crowd big event so then i kind of upgraded my equipment I got yeah. then I got a Canon 7D. We we're nice. still crop sensor, but moving on up. Wait, I think the 7D is a crop sensor, but it's the we can't fact check. We have no idea. I have to fact check that. I'm pretty sure it's been a while, but um, yeah, I got like my first 70 to 200, like nice lens. Like you know, I I upgraded a bit, and then I guess at that point I was like, okay, like this is working. You're having fun. Yeah, it was it was mostly for fun. And it was it was fun to do the more creative part. Um, and then in fourth year, I went at the end of the year. So I left school a month early because I got an internship through like with Fanshawe. We had to do a, an internship. So I didn't my internship at CTV News in Scarborough. Mm. Um, so that was in the editing department. Um, and then I was there for a month and then they hired me. But then I was there for, I think, maybe I think like a month later that I finally came in and I did like two days of training and then they had to actually let me go because they lost uh Canada AM was their big, I guess show they did in house. So they'd lost that show. So I guess they had to let go of all the new oh, hires shit. 
and they had hired i guess like a bunch of the interns so but i had thought because my my boss at the time was like oh we'll definitely have you at least for the summer so i had subletted a house also keep in mind i'm from mississauga didn't really know toronto that well Mm -hmm. i really wanted to live downtown so i subletted a spot for one million dollars right by u of t i subletted i subletted a room with other oh, students room. I okay, okay i subletted a room in like a house um but it was very far to commute to to scarborough ctv news like right on the highway by scarborough town center yeah it was it was pretty far commute so the two days i did my training when i was actually doing my internship i stayed in like this old woman had like an airbnb like down the street mm-hmm. and i lived there but obviously that wasn't what i wanted to do long term yeah i hear you um but yeah so then I did my two days of training. I literally spent like an hour and a half commuting there. And then, cause it was also the night shift. So then I Ubered home, I think at like four o'clock in the morning or something. Um, so at the, at the same point it wasn't sustainable, but anyway, I lost this, this job that I thought was, was what I wanted. And then, and even when I left, I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know if this is necessarily what I want, but obviously I was, I was interested in sticking it out longer, but that didn't happen. Um, but then, so I had this sublet in Toronto in the city. At this point, I hadn't done photography in in months. Okay. And I kind of thought initially that I wasn't gonna do any more photography after university. Like I thought, You're like that was a uni job. I thought, yeah, like I'm gonna do news. That's gonna be it. Um, but then, yeah, so I had this sublet. I didn't want to just get another job. Like I was like, oh, I should wait and try to find something in my industry that works for me. So that summer, I didn't really find anything. Um, but then, so that's when the music thing happened. Because so before that, I had done one music festival. I'd done Block Party in London. Just naturally through your connections, doing bars and stuff, being <sighs> friends with the promoters. Yeah, I think, I think I'd messaged, I want to say Premier Life. Mm-hmm. So like that was one of the promo companies. So I'd messaged them because obviously I was interested in that. And then I had, now at this point, I had had more of the equipment you'd need to shoot a big event like that. So after a week, did you message for a week too, or did they reach out for you like Kaiza and like a week? Are I, you messaging these people saying, give me stuff, give me stuff. I think a week it was Western housing. Someone from Western housing reached out to me. Okay. So I don't think I actually reached out for a week, but I, I don't remember. It was mm. a while ago, but, um, but yeah, for, for block party, I think I reached out cause at that point I had, yeah, all the stuff. I was like, this looks fun. Let's, let's go no beers actually oh. <laughs> no beers at the music festival that's sad very serious yeah more serious oh, kind of sucks. gig yeah no 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 that's my preference but um okay less beers more serious well, like maybe, this this is less may- beers more serious and this is serious uh-huh. um i'm just working on my mic discipline but yeah, it's um, been good so far <laughs> uh but yeah so then i had done that and so this is like a year previous so then I was in Toronto and I thought like, oh, that was really fun. Maybe that's something I'm interested in. Um, so then I remember there was Electric Elements in Wasaga Beach. Um, so I think I emailed them and I said, hey, would you want some photography? Blah, 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 blah. So I guess their like official team was was filled up, but they were like, oh, sure, you can come photograph the event, but you need like an outlet to publish your photos. So basically they were telling me to get a media pass. So I didn't know anything about that. 
but I'd somehow, mm. somehow I was in, I was in the Toronto rave community group. Mm. Um, I guess like throughout my, cause I had friends in, in music, but not like a ton at the, Do the time. letters P L U R mean anything to you? Plur. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't like a raver or anything really. Okay. okay I'm just saying, just no, saying nothing, peace, no, love, no. unity, respect. Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh yeah. Plur. No, I'm, I'm definitely more like at the time I did not know much about EDM, didn't really even listen to it. Now I'm definitely a big fan. But uh, yeah, when I first got into it, I didn't really know a lot about mm-hmm. music in general. Um, I just really liked to shoot and it was very exciting. Shoot, and, it's an and exciting. shoot is going to shoot. It's an exciting event. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. It's visually appealing. It's, it's fun. So anyway, I mm-hmm. reached out to Curtis Hooper at Toronto Rave Community. Um, like two years after that, we, we were roommates for a year, which was kind of funny. But at the time, I didn't know him at all. Um, and I emailed him and I was like, hey, uh, Electric Elements said I could shoot, but I need somewhere to post the photos. Would you want to post them in this group? Because at the time for me, my only image of where photography really went was on Facebook as Facebook right. albums. So I was like, oh, it could be like what I do at the bars, but in this specific Look, Facebook right. group. Toronto Rave Community. Yeah. Toronto Rave Community. So uh, Curtis was like, yeah, sure. And so I did this one event. I remember too, because I don't drive. Um, hopefully change that soon. But uh, my friend like drove me from, because we were at Muskoka, and then my friend dropped me off in Wasaga mm-hmm. so I could do the event. And then actually I caught a ride home with Mac from Cruel. Mac oh, yeah, and Skyler yeah. just so happened to be there doing an activation. Nice. And then I was like, hey, I don't actually have a ride home. Are you guys going back to Toronto? You- so... They drove me home actually from there. But that, Interesting. Yeah. So that was 2016. Okay. Um, so I did that. I did that event. And then I guess it went well. Curtis was like, yeah, I can get you media passes for the rest of the festivals. Um, so I did. I think after that I did Dreams and Veld. And I don't know if I did Ever After That Year or the next year. I think I did. I think I did Ever After That Year. Um, did anyone pay you for those? Those were all pro bono. But you got the passes. I got the pass. So okay. that was that was a, all a, a media value. pass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for free. Um, and then, like, obviously, I guess, like, I saw Curtis at some events, and then he was doing kind of, like, the journalism bit of it. So I don't know. Like, I mean, things maybe are more restricted or I don't know. Like, I haven't shot a music festival on a media pass. I shoot the odd concert on a media pass sometimes that I'm interested in. But a festival I haven't done in a while, but I don't know how. But for instance, like with dreams and like keep like keep in mind too, like I'm like naturally a kind of shy person. Like I didn't want to be obnoxious. But so like when I did dreams, somehow I got on the stage, I think because of Curtis. Um, And like I remember I was, you know, because people will kind of wait their turn to go like in the booth or whatever. And like I was just. Like, I didn't want to upset anyone or be rude. And then I guess, like, so the stage manager really liked me because I was (laughs) waiting my turn and being very polite. So then I remember during Armin Van Buren's set at Dreams 2016, um, he put me up in the booth. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm in the booth with Armin Van Buren. He's like, he's very nice, smiling at me. I'm like this little pip squeak like i'm like what the hell is happening right now mm-hmm. all this pyro and all this and then i look at the stage manager after like a minute i'm like oh my god do i come down and he's like he's like just stay up there you're fine so i think i was in there for like 
10 minutes like he was like just chill i was like okay and he was like yeah you were just so polite like i just figured whatever i was like okay he's like i knew you wouldn't cause any trouble i'm like great 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 (laughs) i'm irish um but uh anyway and then it was actually at dreams that i met uh tobias wang visual bass also a sick name. Um, so then I was super lucky that he, well, when we first met, I don't think he really remembered, but then I met him again at Cabana Pool Bar, which I think I had a media pass to shoot Armin Van Buren at Cabana. And then that's when we we met again. And then after that, we started working together. And then so the next year after doing all those festivals for free, um, I was lucky Electric Elements, someone remembered me. So I was on the team for that the next year did you email back and then they filled the team they put you on it yeah they put me on the team the next year um and then toby had me out to do be on the team for all these other festivals um and then i think after i had also gone on the team forever after after that first year so the pro bono year you're just having fun what are you doing for work i don't even know i was doing the odd club yeah and stuff same deal. so i was making a bit of money um, thankfully, my sublet was pretty cheap, uh, but I don't think I was really working. I was just curious. It's not. Yeah, it's just like. A, I don't think I was working till the end of the summer. Then I did an. I got an internship at Red Lab. Oh yeah, which is a film editing house. My it's my brother-in-law's friend runs that. Who? I got to. Uh, who, do you, you know what? Oh, we'll talk after. We'll talk after. Yeah. That small world. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. Um. But yeah. So I did. I think. Yeah. An internship there, and I also did an internship at Partners Film. Mm-hmm. Um. But when I was at Red Lab, because then, like at this point, I I love photography, or I love like at the time I loved photography, love it even more now. But I always wanted to do more television things like that, and at that point, I was still interested in in news and things like that. But I was kind of like. I'm really interested in the creative part. I kind of figured like, oh. <clears throat> do, you want, do you want another bubbly? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of talking. I, mm-hmm. You know what? I go through, I, I go through the same mm-hmm. thing. So much talking. Um, But yeah, so I kind of figured, you know, I'll, I could do the creative thing. I'm really interested in it. Build my skills, all that. And of course, I can always come back to the more socially impactful yeah work. the environment's not going anywhere news isn't going anywhere well we should save the environment sooner rather than later but just going on i, I would really like to get back to that stuff but well get back to it. i haven't even really gotten there yet but mm-hmm. it, it's definitely something I'd, I'd like to get to but i think i'm still like videography send send no. greta a cold email I mean, maybe she doesn't have a computer or whatever. Maybe, I'm sure Greta has a computer. Maybe not her, but her team. Her team does. definitely does. Um, but yeah, no. So, so initially, I thought maybe I'd be interested in 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 editing. So I went to Red Lab. Um, but then I kind of figured out like I was more interested in working on set. Mm-hmm. So then I went to Partners Film and I did uh, my internship there, and I was a PA on some sets. Um. And that was cool, but it uh, it didn't really lead to too much. Um, I got, I think, the odd job after the fact doing stills with them. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But then I did those internships and then I finally got a job um, because I saw an application for Shopify. Yeah. 
uh, to do stock photography. Uh, so I emailed them and then there was a lot of candidates. There was, I think like 300 candidates and the posting was up for two days. Mm -hmm. So then I got hired along with another photographer because I think it was a very specific role. They were looking for like someone young, like someone who kind of needed some experience because, you know, the pay was all, all right, but it was like, Tell me, tell me about stock photography and what they get you to take pictures of. What that is like as a job. Shopify was great. It was funny too because it was yeah the first, I guess, real job that I had that that had like a salary. So that was that was very nice. Um, I was there for six months, so I had two three month contracts. Um, so at the time, um, they had just so my boss at Shopify, her job was basically to make other projects. So this was like a special project type thing. So it's called Burst. So they basically hired us on. There was no photos basically. Or there were some because Matt, Matt, my, I guess the lead photographer, he had been on the Shopify team a long time, but they needed more help. They were they were building their own library of images library essentially, yeah. for, for people to use when they create their websites yeah. and stuff, right? Okay. Yeah. So um, basically we shot anything people looked looked up, we would shoot. So we shot like I sh it was it was a really good thing for me because a I was shooting again like we'd be shooting four days a week editing like it was a lot of quantity because we had to like fill out this this yeah. library as soon as possible. Um, so it definitely taught me a I lot shoot, of like working, everything kind of basically everything I shot like an old couple. I shot like a newborn baby. I shot like I did lots of product photography um we shot like stuff for christmas we shot um well the best shoot i ever did i shot we shot some fashion photography um so that was some of the best so we could see like which photos got the most downloads mm -hmm. so like one of my fashion ones was one of the most downloaded um one of the last shoots i did for them was a new year's shoot um so I actually got a bunch of my friends to just dress up and I I think we bought like 10 bottles of champagne and we just took a bunch of pictures. So that was um that was a fun one. Yeah. It's it's like and then for instance like if I would go away on a trip or something, I would take photos and like I would beach. submit them or like yeah. beach, cottage. I sometimes like I would go on walks around the city and take photos of stuff. We do a lot of like textures because mm. I guess that's something people need, so like brick walls. Yeah, literally everything you could think of. That makes a lot of sense, and that's also for some reason weirdly really cool to me. Like, what a fun job! <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty wild for me. It was. I really love Shopify. Cool, really cool environment, definitely. And I think if you're someone in tech, like I, you know, recommend definitely it. really great. great to bartend for as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Sip Bar had an event there once. Oh, a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really cool office, definitely. Um, but at the time, like I'd been in Toronto now for, at, and I was actually, I had moved back home. So I was commuting from Mississauga, but I think around the end of my contract is when I moved down to parks, Parkdale. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's when I moved in with Curtis Hooper, um, and our friend Clay. Yeah. Um, so I moved in there and then at the time, I guess I'd been in Toronto for a while and so i guess some of my contacts you know just from word of mouth like being in the city i was getting busier mm -hmm. but i was also doing a lot more 
concerts and events like I was shooting for like a blog so I would I would work all day and then sometimes I would go home and then I would come back to the city to shoot like a concert midweek yeah. or sometimes I would just stay in the office till like nine o'clock and go shoot the show and then go home um so I remember I was getting really busy with freelance stuff on the side just from the fact that I'd been in the city a while and word of mouth like I'd kind of yeah more people knew me so I was getting really busy and so then at the end of my contract was when I decided to start freelancing full-time yeah so that was almost it will be three years come December okay so all that kind of just to condense it because we're um you know we're kind of getting to the the end of the episode chatty Um, Kathy here the uh the all these like kind of opportunities and things that popped up, whether people reached out to you or mm-hmm. whether you reached out to them, did the it came from just like generally like are you decently good at like maintaining the network and the connections and just seeing what opportunities people have or like I think it's not like I'm sitting at home like oh I need to reach out to this client this month and remind them who I am, but I I think. I've always tried to get along well with clients and hopefully we're friends too. So I think that helps. And I don't know, I think just providing good work and, you know, getting people the the results that they want, then hopefully they'll come back to you. Right. So, but you're not like, uh, like when you're coming back to Toronto, like did you send out like a group of messages? Hey, I'm coming no. to Toronto if anyone's got work no. or, okay. So. I don't really, like for me, I think I got lucky with Toronto that a lot of my contacts in London from Western had moved to Toronto. Okay. So I think I got kind of lucky there. And then I honestly think the beauty of events is that you network with a lot of people, even if it's by accident. So I think even doing music stuff, it was a lot of like organic connections, like just meeting kind of passive networking. Yeah. Just, just being around and like people know what you do. They know you're available. Um, definitely for me working with, uh, Toby was, was a big, a big jumping off point. I mean, still work together. Thankfully he's awesome. Um, but I think for me, especially at the start of my freelance career, definitely having a mentor was, I think a big help. And then also he gave me, I think more opportunities that kept me going at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then like, I, I also started building more of my own clients. So it was definitely also great to have yeah, a mentor along the way definitely sure. made it a little less daunting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then since then, I mean, I've really, so I was doing a lot of events initially the first year of freelancing and then I was starting to get more commercial clients. Um, and even some of them were kind of event-esque, but it was more events for say like a brand. So I would film, say for instance, like a gym beam I would film like if they had an activation at such and such concert, mm-hmm. I would shoot something for them. Um, and it became, I was getting a lot more commercial stuff. Um, and then I don't, I don't really know like how it pivoted, but then thankfully, like I started doing more, not just events, but like corporate. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm wondering where these pivots come and is it literally just, you're building your portfolio, you're working a lot, you're passively meeting a bunch of people. Someone yeah. reaches out. You, you go, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. 100%. Like, for instance, I had an event I did. Um, I was brought on for... Bye. Um, 
so I did a yacht party for Cronenberg. Tight. The yeah, beers. great great beer <laughs> beers. <laughs> Honestly, I have a lot of alcohol related clients, which you know, not just I'm not not because I'm a connoisseur. I just you know, it just so happens uh, because I think they that's find a, you a lot of events. Yeah, alcohol related and thing. You they know, also have a lot of m- m- uh, media and marketing budget is a huge part of the. Yeah, thing. exactly. Um, yeah, so that. That kind of stuff definitely got me into more commercial stuff. So doing things like, yeah, events for brands as opposed to just the event. Um, I got, I started doing more, say, like photo shoots. So then people could kind of see, oh, she can work in a studio. Um, so it's like pretty, like pretty natural evolutions. Just like yeah. keeping down the path, keeping busy, doing a good job, and then. Excuse me. These next steps. So much bubbly. They yeah, bubbly. These uh, next steps, kind of naturally came about, and then, so like more recently, um, looking at your whole career and like your life mm-hmm. to date, the whole time, did you ever? And well, because we'll talk about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think you have something going on now that we wanted to yeah. talk about as well. So, that whole time, are you thinking? Are you the type of person that's questioning your career? are you are you just kind of happy and busy are you yeah. like do you have any of these like kind of 20 year old or at least in, like more like this type of transitionary yeah. period like doubts or like like what like how are you kind of feeling about everything uh i think the first year of my freelancing was more oh my god what's happening like did i am i making the right decision not going to find another job mm-hmm um, I think for me, like, of course, definitely you have moments of, of doubt. I mean, last year, I feel like I was almost too busy to even think about is, if you're is this the right direction? Yeah. Um, definitely like for me, I, I do enjoy events, but for me, the music events are, are my main interest in terms of events. Um, and thankfully I was doing a lot more of that last year, especially working with Anjuna beats, um, and doing more touring. Um, and I was looking forward to doing more of that this year. Yeah. You went on tour, right? I did, uh, the Anjuna beats North American tour last year, um, which was awesome. They're a really amazing label above and beyond above and beyond. Well, Robbie, your voice changed Anjuna deep (laughs) above and beyond. Um, yeah. So I, you know, and that, even that situation was very, I did like, uh, Toby had an event. Um, he knew, uh, Tracy who managed, uh, man, I think she left, but she was managing Andrew Bear. Um, and, uh, don't kill me if I'm wrong that she left. I'm not sure. Um, but she, so she, she knew Toby. Toby sent me to Coda to shoot this event uh they liked the work i guess it went got back to the label they sent me to do another event in toronto and then from there i just communicated with them and they were like hey you seem really cool our artists like you your your work's great it hits our mood of what we want so then they're like oh why don't you come do this do these shows in miami and then that went well and then from then on um so to me it's just a matter of i mean 
finding those initial opportunities can be really hard. Yeah. But I think what I've always tried to do, which I think a lot of people would say is just letting people know what you want, like what you want to be doing. Cause eventually someone will remember that. I mean, sometimes it even, I, I try not to do it, but I don't know. Of course it's organic. You, you meet people at events or whatever. What do you do? This is what I do. And for me, like I, I, I love the events and stuff, but I'm definitely trying to pivot more. More of my interest is like, I love music. I want to keep doing that. 100% live shows are, are, are awesome but I want to also be working with artists on the more creative end of it, shooting their press work, shooting their yeah. album artwork, building and that and doing maybe like music videos. I'd love to do film, things like that. So for me, the biggest thing is like now I'm trying to move into more the cinematography type I aspect of it, yeah. which is something I've basically wanted since like that was kind of initially what I wanted when I was in school was to do more video shooting. Um, so I'm trying to pivot into that. And for me, that's... You put it out there and then these people you're working with, they're like, well, she does a great job of photos. And I, I remember her saying that she wanted to get more into this. And then... Mm -hmm. and then so hopefully, hopefully... Like, I, I, I think Anjuna was a great example where I hadn't done a lot of video before mm -hmm. that. Um, and thankfully, I did... I guess they, they needed one or... Well, Toby trusted me. Toby knew that I had done video. So I guess he suggested me to yeah. this this person um or to tracy and then you know of course like doing it you get better at it um but i had for instance never really done music videos till recently and so it's just kind of a thing like i would tell people i do photography but i always say oh, i'm interested in being a cinematographer that's always what i've been interested in doing so now i'm still kind of on that path of trying to pivot into something else that people don't really know me mm. as doing you got to do a portfolio piece with john famos i would love to that'd be great it's definitely something too that i still have to work on like you saying earlier about like oh are you thinking about more like oh i have to get better at this before i can reach out yeah. things like that for me i mean that's kind of how i feel now like i definitely need to build more of that cinematography portfolio i mean i have a lot of say event video work but i don't have a lot of narrative work mm -hmm. and i haven't worked a lot with say cinema cameras things like that so it's definitely something i'm still building but it's definitely something like if if somebody reached out to me to do it 100 percent. especially if they gave you like like it's one thing to like do like a kind of like a portfolio piece like a little bit of cash for your time mm -hmm. versus like if a company's like here's 10 G's like let's make yeah. a music video and then you'd be like all right and then you'd like immediately yeah. look into the cameras figure everything out get a little bit of a crew like yeah you'd figure it out you can figure it out and so thankfully like for me what's been no you know COVID has especially at the beginning of COVID was was pretty hard obviously it's been hard for everyone um because I was really looking forward to doing this tour I had just gotten my 01 to work in the U.S. yeah um, so I was looking forward to the tour, but at the same time, I don't have any events and I've always been interested in working in studio, doing more photo shoots, more creative video work. Um, and this has kind of forced me to, to move in that direction without having to say, so let, COVID let the tour COVID canceled everything. Yeah. yeah so you, you didn't tour 
So you went on tour once. I then, went on tour last year and I was supposed to tour you're again. You're supposed to tour again this year. I got you. Yeah. So we we're, I was supposed to do the Above and Beyond uh, acoustic tour this year. Mm. Um, but then COVID hit. Um, well, it's but, cool. You got your, your, your uh, freelance, I don't know, it, it, in general, you're set up to adapt to that sort of thing, sort of thing. Like if you were working for a company yeah. and then it cancels, like, well, then I, I, don't, I don't have a job, but you're like, well, can't do that. So now I'm going to just adjust and do more studio work kind of yeah so it's like cool you're able to do that great point robbie <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks thanks rob too. um well it's definitely like of course it's a financially different situation for me between last year i was you know things were going quite well with events um and that's you know but of course if you're making a change in your career that that happens to everyone right so i mean i've been lucky i've been doing like I've been lucky to do some press work with some artists because I've been putting that out there for a while. Um, and thankfully, like I did one with my friend Elon Bluestone uh, a couple months back. Great name too. There's so many great names in this podcast. Elon, DJ? Elon. Um, so for instance, like he was in Toronto. So I messaged him and of course we're friendly from Anjuna events. But I was like, oh, like do you want to shoot in a studio? I, you know, really want to do that kind of stuff. And of course I had had studio experience before doing my own creative bits, stuff with Shopify, things like that. But so we did that. And then I think from there I kind of, you know, kept trying to push more of, I do more portraiture, more things like that and trying to build that up. And Is that what you're doing now? Is that like when you say like this new, because you said I got something new I kind of want to like talk about. Well, yeah. So for me, my new thing is right now I'm, I moved in September. Mm -hmm. So I moved into a new space and I'm trying to build a home studio. Woo. So it's, we're thinking of the same thing, by the way. Yeah. We're like, we're you like, can definitely no, cause we're moving oh, out of here. Moving, you're moving. Um, but yeah, we were thinking the same thing. Like it, what, a, what a unique time, but like, why not just build a little bit of a home base? Oh, definitely. I think. And for me, I find, yeah, for, for certain photography, I find there's not too many spaces there's a few studios i really like but i think for the odd like portrait sessions sometimes it's a little like it'd be great just to have my own space would you rent it out that's what i'm hoping to do yeah i got you so yeah that's my plug I, mm. I'm, oh. I'm i'm thinking come uh come january max hopefully it'll be fully set up because mm -hmm. um, i've been kind of purchasing the first thing i bought was some c stands because those are very heavy and i hate lugging them around set them that, up permanently to me like that's half the reason why i like to rent studios because it's like all that heavy grip equipment is already there um so that was the first thing i bought in the studio because before that i had like flimsy stands that i'm mm -hmm. like ah these are easily movable to locations but the c stands yeah and then i'm still thinking about if i'm gonna pick up say like continuous lights or or strobes what i'm gonna do there but either way you're setting up a, a rentable yeah, setting up a rentable photo could be video but i would say more of a photo studio so when you say like to 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 plug it for people or whatever um you're saying it's probably gonna be ready closer to the new year yeah end and, of the year start of the new and year. and the what would be the value of say because there are other rentable studios mm -hmm. what would be the value of your studio versus the others out there um well i would say a it's probably going to be a more reasonable expense mm -hmm. um because it is my home so it's not such a 
commercial yeah. burden in terms of the rent. Yeah. Um, but I think just it's, I want to kind of make it so not only do you have the stuff you might need for say like a lifestyle shoot. So like a nice furniture, things like that, but also quality equipment that you can have for say like a more high end portrait session. And I find sometimes some studios, they're one or the other. Yeah. They're all technical or they're all say for more Layout. lifestyle blog type stuff. Um, so I kind of like it would like it to be a bit of both. Um, also, I would be there. So well, yeah. that's priceless. Priceless. <laughs> um, no, like I think it will be mostly my own clients, but I, I would love to have also because it's so hard to network. It would, it's nice to see people in the industry that yeah. you normally only see on set or or at events. But, you know, I think, too, it, it's going to be a small, like it's a small building. It's obviously going to be a low traffic type space. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not. Yeah. Covid wise, it's 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 more safe. And no, it's a cool. It's oh. actually no, it's really cool. It's a cool evolution. And so in, in general, you're just kind of. Uh, at the moment, you you did a pretty good job of summing up like the evolution to mm-hmm. you know what happened. Now the tours that got canceled, moving to more studio work, and you're looking into cinematography and music videos mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. And you're putting it out into the universe. And yeah. you know, again, we have you know a couple hundred listeners, uh, but you know these listeners they work for companies. They mm-hmm. some of them work in music, some of them work for whatever, or some of them are photographers. So what we can do is like we can just put your info. Yeah, that'd be awesome. In the uh, the show notes, which are if, if for people listening, when we say show notes, if you actually like open up the podcast like description, it's there, or like the clickable links would be on like SoundCloud or Facebook where where a podcast is. No, but it's cool. Like uh, it honestly gives me a thrill. We haven't had we've had again two guests, and and both mm-hmm. times in COVID, it, it gave me a thrill because. I way prefer this mm-hmm. hearing someone talk about what they do um, versus here Robbie and I just like shooting the shit and like <laughs> you guys have fun. We have yeah, fun. It's nice to mix it up for six months every week. The same, just shooting the shit when we're not doing anything to shoot shit about. Mm-hmm. It was like <laughs> it was a it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a bit much. It was a bit much. And like, this was exciting. I get motivated by this. Like, I'm like sick. Like, I can't wait to like get back to my projects. Um, yeah, so I was going to say to you guys, Trav and I, I'm Rob. This yeah, is sorry. This is, <laughs> this is not Kev. This is Rob. Rob didn't go anywhere. No, this is Rob. Wow, Rob. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, Trav always talk about like, we have all these ideas we want to do uh, entrepreneurially or just like sort of projects and you kind mm-hmm. of overthink it and get stressed out and kind of mm-hmm. like, it just becomes a bigger thing than it has to be. Whereas it sounds like you're really good at just do 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 and chug along do the work and then you're like you're just you're great what you do you're socially you're nice people are like i like you here you want another job and you're like yeah sure <laughs> just yes, keep like one thousand percent get on stage <laughs> it is a like, very not I've... annoying way of selling yourself mm-hmm. yeah like i i just i find to be honest i find traditional networking difficult um like i find it's nice when you're in a more not a casual setting but when i'm working it's easier for me to network than say if i was just at an event plug myself literally just a networking event is the most terrifying thing for me yeah Ugh. it's difficult <laughs> travis <laughs> put her there you have the soft sell like you're good at what you do and people like you yeah <laughs> so, i think too like walking around with a camera at events helps mm. like people know what does she do 
She's a photographer. So you you got to bring your coding laptop, and I'll, I'll bring. <laughs> you got to carry today. what you your craft yeah. on your back. I'll bring every the microphone. They'll be like, "Whoa, so you're just working here." I'm like, "Yeah, it's actually, <laughs> have a guitar yeah. on your back." Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's tougher for some yeah. crews for sure, but I I do like the way, like you said, that you've you've done it because that is my fear. I don't want to be annoying. I don't want to annoy mm-hmm. people, but I need to start asking. Yeah, like that's something now for me. I need to start doing more because without mm-hmm. with COVID. Like I don't have those traditional, I run into contacts at events. I connect with them again. Like I have, to, you know, there's some people in industry I haven't seen. And like, I only see them in the summer for music festival season. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something I need to work on now, especially also moving into, I mean, now I'm lucky. I've, I just did, like I had a music video. I did a green screen music video with Frank Walker. Nice. Um, That just came out for his song with Stevie Oki. Um, and that was with, cause he's, uh, works with, uh, Oliver Shanks, who was the, our guy that first hired me at Jack's the bar. So, and then he thought of me during COVID, he asked me, Oh, where can I pick up a green screen for Mm -hmm. a live stream? And then I said, I'll go to VizTech or whatever. And then I guess when this music video came out, he's like, Oh, who knows something about green screens? Let's ask Nicole. (laughs) Um, and then, you're like, I can do green screen music video work. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Hire me. And like, I mean, it was something that to me, if you have, you know, knowledge of lighting and things like that, like you can achieve things. Like if you've never done it before, you can figure it out. And like the green screen is, you know, pretty straightforward. Actually, It's pretty straightforward. I, I've even done a little I mean, bit I had never done it before, so I was a little anxious, but once I did it, I was like, oh, not a big deal. Uh, um, and then I shot another music video that we're still editing um, that I was, you know, was kind of also a COVID situation because they needed someone in Toronto to do it because the artists, they couldn't travel, et cetera. So, and same thing with the green screen one, like they needed yeah. to shoot Frank in Toronto. It was like a remote production. The director was on Zoom. That's crazy. From like Ohio, <laughs> him and the, and the animator, because it's an animated music video um so you know so obviously covid was is 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 it's still hard but there's other opportunities that came up because of i think you probably even got into those shoots because like maybe the regular people just wouldn't fly down or come down so it's like yeah so it's as much as it blocks some stuff you managed to keep moving with it um no it's just super cool i knew um I, i knew it was gonna be fun to talk to you because again, as I said, like just from seeing you around and just from chatting with you, I I've always wanted to kind of have like because I've had the podcast for a long mm-hmm. time. I've always I've always wanted to ha- kind of have that chat with you, um, and I, I appreciate you like reaching out and being. I just love talking. <laughs> it's not about the beers, guys. It's about the conversation. We gotta get those damn conversation beers around the beers, <laughs> but, but also. Co- sh- Beers are just a gateway to yeah. conversation. It's a vessel. I know, but I miss those beers. But also, I do and I don't because a part of me was also just getting like two tall boys in. Like we do a podcast at one thirty mm-hmm. on a Wednesday, and now I'm like two tall your boys is, deep. Your day is over. It's, I just don't really function well after a tall boy or two. You just want to relax. Yeah. Honestly, the start of COVID, I didn't drink for like two months. I was like, you know what? Let's have a little detox. You are the opposite <laughs> of me. Yeah. <laughs> I became Polar an alcoholic. <laughs> My COVID has been a uh like i started drinking every day and for like 60 or 70 days mm-hmm. i like uber eats ate pizza drank and play video games 
and lived was quarantining pretty much on my own here mm-hmm. waiting for covid to pass and then when it started to not pass you're like oh okay, i was I like oh my god out. i got all these <laughs> habits i was like oh my god i was like i'm in a blend yeah. right now i think it helped me that i went to my parents house for the first three months of the lockdown because it got me out of my usual space so then i was like oh it's easier to i quarantined away do, from them i don't need to drink with my like i'll have a glass of wine with my parents but you know i'm not gonna I was going to the LCBO and buying bulk supplies <laughs> and like I was uh, literally there was like rows of two sixes. Mm-hmm. It's just it was a, it was an amazing experience actually. No regrets. I learned a lot about myself recently. Your, you probably make good cocktails. Um, He's terrible no. at cocktails. Oh. <laughs> it would be water. Scratch that. Vodka. It's, it's called a water. quarantini. <laughs> it's it's unrefrigerated vodka or gin. Sounds water awful already. With a squirt of lemon. No ice. Why no don't you ice. put ice in it? Because no, I'm guzzling. <laughs> also, it, 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 it took me... The ice would save it. Then, it would be, then that sounds decent. It took me a while because I was making it in the same mason jars. Mm. And I would just... In fact, here's one right here. Yeah. Is there essence of martini um, in there? Mm-hmm. No, this isn't the mason jar. The mason jar I had... Oh, yeah, there is... Uh, um, had a line inside. towards the bottom that I would fill oh. it up to. So I think it was the bigger mason jar. And gotcha. I fill, I just fill the bottom up to that line with vodka, and I never <laughs> just a shot of vodka. I never <laughs> knew how much it was. I was just mm-hmm. like, I'll just fill up that line. It looks like a right proportion for the whole glass. Yeah. And then I realized it was four ounces of vodka, <laughs> and I was like wondering why I was burning through two sixes because I'd have Where's like going. I'd have like three or four of those those glasses in a night, half a two in a day, and like a and like a just. Mm-hmm. It was insane how much I was drinking. Um, and only recently, like it, over the summer, when we had to get our music video out and mm-hmm. our song out, and I then it was business time again. And I had, to, but I mean, still, I've been having uh, doing like the bare minimum just to keep the businesses that mm-hmm. I, I'm involved with alive and the podcast alive. But like these bad habits have been haunting me. Mm. So we've been talking about like major reform, like like re yeah. like total detoxing moving building a building See? a new studio kind of getting into a new mindset and environment i think a new space helps with that right um and uh but it's been great because only in covid did we realize some major faults like mm-hmm. i said about the networking the reaching out and the thinking and 100 that's my and, fault uh, too. so it's been it's been beneficial it's been chaotic uh it has been eye-opening yeah. it's been eye-opening i've definitely spent a lot more time especially now that i moved um like my boyfriend and i like i moved in with my boyfriend um and he's uh, away a lot for work so i spend more time alone in my space and yeah it's like you really get to know yourself when you're not working so much you're not as busy um and like I've been freelancing. Like It's funny, people working from home, I'm like, now you all get to do what I've been doing for, like, especially my friends. I'm like, now you understand what I've been doing for almost three years now. For me, when I first started freelancing, I found working from home and maintaining a normal schedule like probably one of the hardest parts. Mm. And even now, I'm, I've, I don't really have a, a, a strict schedule because it's hard with shoots, especially with events. You know, events would come up a few days ahead or whatever like your schedule moves around at least now with photo shoots you can kind of book things a bit um but it's it's nice to like try to form a bit more of a schedule now that i'm in a space that 
is my own it's it's more conducive to my like my work as well mm. i'm just more organized in general and i think covid made me really sit down and think about you know as opposed to just the go 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 of the first two years of my freelancing i've definitely had to stop and think like what are the things i'm interested in how can i like streamline my business as well as my life you know yeah make things work start yes yeah, yeah start fresh kind of thing tell me about it so i think i think moving definitely helped and now i'm in a space that's more yeah conducive to my mental well-being as a freelancer it's funny how much of a difference it makes my old apartment was great too but it's it's nice to have like a it's not that there's there's nothing wrong with the space but because we've been on a budget to move out the landlord's been wanting us to move out for a while to mm. demolish the space we haven't set up anything permanent. That's the thing too. And in fact, we moved a lot of furniture out when one earlier when one roommate left, and we thought we were going to leave shortly after. So it's been this like transitionary <laughs> space. Yeah, it's just been it. it it's actually been a very weird, weird time. transitional time. Like life has felt very paused, and I know like maybe that'll happen again. Um, hopefully. you know, I think also like I don't know if it will be the same. Like who knows? But yeah, and I think also the. Well, the first quarantine, it was like, we don't know how long it's going to last for. We don't know what we're dealing mm -hmm. with. So it was scary and like, whatever. Now at least you know what you're dealing with. Um, and like, I feel like the summer was just a, such a fuck off period too of like, I don't know if a lot of us were like- What is going on? Who knows? Uh, we might as well just enjoy the summer while we can and then like figure out shit later kind of thing. For me, um, July was almost like regular life for me because yeah. I had a bunch of shoots pre-lockdown mm. that, that moved got July. moved and basically we did them in July. Oh, but cool. then after that- I, I've done the odd portrait session and stuff, but if we do go back into lockdown, sorry, I really, I kind of cut you off there. No, no. But um, if we do go back into lockdown slash like if I, cause I am, I have been lucky to work a bit, but it's definitely not like the previous schedule I was on, especially in the summer and September. Um, Toby and I were talking about how, you know, it, things are very calm compared to like, this would usually be a very busy time mm -hmm. of the year um with events um but yeah so now i'm i'm thinking i'm probably going to keep pursuing more creative projects to kind of a like build up my skills more and also keep putting out work because a big part of it i think as a creative is you have to put out work that you want to do for clients so i'm trying to do more creative work to show like, look, this is what yeah. i can do and then clients will reach out to you for that kind mm. of thing you know so i think that applies to pretty well all Everything. creative and even any kind of entrepreneur etc um you can do it a client will say oh they do that we need that here yeah. you go so i'm definitely trying to just spend more time building that creative stuff trying to keep try like trying to learn how to network in this digital age you know and try to work with new people in industries i'm trying to you know keep working with clients i've I had before, but then also keep trying to meet new people, work with with new teams, and it sounds yeah. right to me. Like uh, from a from a just a conversation. I know we can't go into the nitty gritties of everything. Like mm -hmm. you know, how do you make I that decision? And, and like and, and and all that stuff. But no, it, it um it's it's it seems good to me, and I think it's also an amazing skill to be able to stay motivated uh, to keep working and keep progressing when it's i treated hard. it i treated it like a vacation which i think was a bit of a mistake um i had my moments for sure mm -hmm. but less it's, it's a it's a stressful time i'll be good for covid 20 
I now know to, COVID two point. You gotta maintain. Gotta keep a routine. You gotta have some sort of productive mm-hmm. uh, output. I started running during the lockdown. That was helpful. I stopped running. You know what it was? I have to start again. Now that I moved, I have to find a new route. You were saying like everyone was like, you know, now, now they know what it's like to be like a freelancer in COVID. Well, the way I saw it was I lived kind of the way I wanted to pre-COVID. I was, you know, exercising, yeah. eating well, being healthy, being on top of my shit, uh, following a routine, all that shit. And then COVID came around and they're like, and then I was like, oh, this is my break from that. Because mm. now like it, it was so such a weird mentality because it fucked my whole shit up. Now I got to yeah. like restart. But um, no, it's it, it, this is motivating me. And I we think we got to just keep, I got to get back into the realm of other people because mm. one of my big motivators is being around people and hearing yeah. what they're up to and be like, oh, cool. Like I want to do my own shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know. A big thing that's helped me, like I would say the last, I would say honestly the last month I've been a, a bit down because mm. obviously things are looking kind of, sketchy again but then i got into this bursary program with uh artscape daniel's Launchpad. oh cool so that's pretty cool if, if any if anyone's been there before that's a really cool space they do a lot of great events um and a lot of the stuff with the bursary is a lot of classes and things like that over zoom and like even that you know i've i've sat in i've been in a few of them and it's just motivating, yeah, to have people other like listening to other people talk about, even if their creative journey is is not the same type as yours. It's it's all under the same. We all it's all a similar experience, mm. and I think yeah, that definitely keeps like that helped me when I was kind of feeling a bit a yeah. bit more unmotivated and a bit more like uh, you know, when's this gonna end? Like whatever. It's definitely helped me to hear other people talking about their experience and yeah, and how they're keeping on mm-hmm. the best part about being a rock star is there's no wrong answers so chaotic destructive periods is motivated exactly like yeah. as long as i as long as i write an album about as it. long as i make something out of it, it nothing's wasted um but it's a bit of an excuse as well i actually remember when i first met you you were saying that like yeah it was my problem is i'm like too on top of my stuff like i'm like i'm too responsible like everyone all the rock stars are like have a drinking problem and they like I don't know, they, they cheat on their girlfriend and then they, they collapse and they make a, a, a song they, about it. They make it. beautiful art. And you're like, what am I supposed to sing about? Like, I pay my bills on time. Or <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, now you can... too, I feel too basic to be an artist. Like, I know. Like... But now look at you. But now look at me. I'm, I'm literally living it. <laughs> it's, you know what's the funny thing? We'll wrap this up I'm too. I know to you, got cla- you got class in a bit. Um, but yeah, like the, f- the funny thing is, is I had basically split personality. Like me, entrepreneurial me, when I was working restaurant rye or whatever, mm-hmm. organized on top of my shit, uh, health, working out. Mm-hmm. Like I went sober for a year because of a health thing, and I was just like, you know, no caffeine, no Advil, no nothing, and and I all this. I want coffee again. And uh, then uh, <laughs> we just had one. Then and then whenever I would start doing rock starry stuff, mm-hmm. I'd go through a period where I'm like, okay, like music, I, I got to get creative, yeah. and then I'd be like, let's have a cigarette. <laughs> like let's like and then like i'm like i don't know I'll, I'll do like i'll drink more and like drink during the week and like yeah. i would go through these like split personalities where if i'm being creative i want to destroy things and like and like hurt like not be healthy yeah. and on top of it and then i'd be like but ba- like i'd go back and forth so it'd be nice to find a blend mm-hmm. there's a there's a blend in there there's a quote i like and i don't remember the exact quote so don't quote me on it um, and I don't remember. Of, I would have to look it up. Uh, I will send it to you. But it's it's essentially <laughs> a quote that like keep your life 
like organized and and calm and then be crazy in your work that's cool so like i like that because personally i feel like i'm i'm only really good at what i'm doing when i'm kind of settled like when i'm taking care of myself i mean definitely when you're touring and things you're on a hectic schedule and you're tired and all that but i definitely find that i do my best work when my ducks are in a row Mm -hmm. like i'm slept well i'm healthy things like that you know it's different from me in university when i was doing bar photography now it's like i don't no beers more like i obviously (laughs) still beers (laughs) i still beers but but like it's not related like nothing with work is work now and i try to take like now i'm trying to take better care of myself and i think it all that all comes together but i could see you can see it you have moments too where you're acting a little like things are a little chaotic and inspirations there as well so i think a bit of both is helpful exactly and i think also if you're doing enough stuff enough life happens to you that you can write about it you don't need to seek problems but uh to to wrap i couldn't write i couldn't do it to, to, (laughs) to wrap things up um the that was really great and thanks for giving us your time and, Thanks for having me. Um, it's it, if you just have like in the mindset that the like, I don't know if all the people listening kind of have the same thoughts as we do, but like it's really about just people out there listening and kind of figuring out how it applies to them as someone mm-hmm. figuring their shit out. Is there any kind of mantra or like something that like recently or like oh. more long term that you kind of would give as advice or or anything to wrap it up? and no pressure i would say oh my gosh this is hard um i would say take care like take time for yourself i would say don't rush because i think everyone thinks they have to we have to be like shooting like zero to 100 like i have to be the best at what i do in the next six months like if this is the thing you're interested in hopefully this is going to be your life you know and i think that's for me now that I'm a few years into freelancing, I'm realizing it's more of a marathon than a sprint. Like I'm not saying, you know, rest on your start walking. Yeah. I'm not saying like, don't keep working, but definitely try to avoid burning out. I think just keep stay in love with what you do. Cause I think I've definitely gone through periods where I was going to maybe burn out. I was not happy with my work creatively. And like, still still obviously i think most creative people or entrepreneurial people are always thinking they can do the next thing they're going to do is going to be the the best thing not the best thing but you're never happy with your work is mm. what i mean to say i'm never really happy with my work but i'm we're getting there so i think it's just a matter of don't be hard on yourself take care of yourself it's kind of sounds kind of hooey but it's definitely something i'm coming to realize more with covid like life happens and I think if you can kind of maintain your love for the thing you're doing, that'll come through. And I think if you can keep working on your craft, even if, even if it's just your, it doesn't even have to be making money or it doesn't have to be business. Like I think if you just keep working on the thing you want to do, hopefully the the opportunities come along with that. And I think if you, yeah, if you take pride in what you do and, and you're, you love what you do, I think other people see that and they, they want to work with you. Is that Rob? Is that the vibe? Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Yeah. Let's you uh, know, <laughs> keep the passion alive and well, just work on your work craft. Out. I think, and again, like, don't I uh, said no pressure because people listening 
mixed with the whole conversation will understand the sentiment of like whatever you say it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be like gandhi said this or anything like that it's deep it's uh it's it's a good sentiment and i agree and i, I am now definitely motivated to come out of this destructive artist <laughs> phase back into uh take time for myself and take care of myself everyone has a different process but robbie do you have any uh <laughs> do you have any uh any comment any uh, any final comments before we wrap just, this up? Just that I'm Rob. And not Kev. And not Kev. Definitely not Kev. <laughs> it's Kev. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening if you're still with us. And we will see you next Tuesday. See ya. Later. Could you Bye. Tell where my head was at when you found me? Me and you went to hell and down just to find peace. And I thought I had everything. I was lonely. Now you're my head.